Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Work with Naomi Bloom with Total Farm Marketing. And we did have kind of a mixed day in both the grain and the livestock futures trade. Naomi, let's start off with soybeans first off. At least there we did see a little bit of an uptick along with the meal market. So how much of that was just some corrective buying today? A little bit of corrective buying, short covering ahead of the USDA Outlook Forum. We had export inspections today that came out for corn, beans, and wheat all within expectations and near the higher end of expectations. So that was good news. It means we're moving product out of the country. Um, and, and for the beans, they're well supported right now in the March contract at 1175 but short-term resistance is at $12. So we may see just a 25 cent trading range in the short term. We'll see what the USDA Outlook Forum has to say later in the week. We'll start expecting that they're going to show um, maybe an increase on bean acres this year. And they'll, of course, have a nice trend line yield ready for us. And we're waiting and watching more for news on where the crop is or isn't in Brazil. And that's another big point uh, to be watching, too. Of course, we had that basis collapse in Brazil, which kind of drug this market down. But what is your sense right now about crop size down there and what's happening and the influence it, it is going to have going forward here on this bean market? Well, they're getting to be over 25% harvested on the bean crop down there. So they're going to have a better understanding of where the crop is or isn't. But really, when you have most of the Brazilian companies down there and even their equivalent of a government um, agency saying that the yields and their total production is in the upper 140s, that's very, very different from what our USDA is saying. So maybe we're going to see some some news from South America in terms of Brazil's production number being smaller. Um, and then though the, the bears would be quick to point out, well, the Argentina crop though has improved and maybe that offsets things. But regardless, the market is oversold. Uh, we're due for some sort of a corrective measure here in the short term. But again, the theme would be any kind of any corrective measure that we see here in the short term most likely is an opportunity for some more cash sales. So the corn market scored new contract lows on Monday and then kind of bounced. That market is really oversold as well. So are we just seeing just a little corrective um, short covering there as well? Or did corn follow soybeans or what? Some corrective short covering. We're also, I think, under the realization that 430 for the March corn contract is pretty cheap. With funds short nearly 300,000 contracts, the question is, okay, what other bearish news can we get to even justify corn to go any lower than this? So it feels like most of the bearish news has been absorbed. We'll see what the USDA has to say at the Outlook Forum. They have that tendency to suggest things are fine and that we're going to have a great crop this coming year with record yields. So we'll see if the market actually bites onto that this week or not. And then, of course, keeping an eye on funds with short covering in case there's any South American weather scares. The Brazil second crop corn is starting to get planted. And so if there is some weather scare there, the market's going to respond because the world actually needs all of that Brazil corn. And so if they don't have it to the capacity that the USDA is suggesting, that is going to be a reason for the market to see some short covering. And we could see corn maybe get a 20 to 30 cent bounce out of it. But the question, of course, is the timing on that. So stay diligent. And again, if we see any sort of a short covering rally here or any bounce, that is going to be a cue for producers to make cash sales because the big picture, we're still dealing with 2 billion bushel carryout. 
And as far as the corn market, you talk about the Brazil safrina corn planting, and some thought maybe it was going to be delayed now that it's actually ahead. Is there an idea we could actually get a few more acres planted than we initially thought, Naomi, or not? Uh, good question. I'm not sure is the answer. Some might say that we could see more acres sneak in. Some might say with corn prices low, uh, with inputs um, not necessarily being cheap down there, that some of the farmers might hold back. They might be looking at the weather forecast and thinking, you know, if they go back into a dry weather pattern, maybe there's not incentive for them to be wanting to plant. So that will be something the market watches as well. Good point. And you mentioned the Outlook Forum, USDA you know, we we're thinking maybe we're going to see less acres, but if they come in with the trend line yield, you know, what is the thought process there? Is it still going to be a pretty burdensome situation on ending stocks? It will be. And so the market, I think, though, is already aware of that, where we could see a reduction of two to three million acres of corn from the year ago levels. And if we have trend line yield, we're still going to be having two billion bushel carryout. So we would need to see an increase in export demand. And the only way we see that increase in export demand is if there is a fear that the safrina crop is under stress. And that would make other countries come to the United States quick while corn is cheap and buy it from us to make sure that they have it in that late summer window when normally the safrina crop becomes available to the world and the U.S. crop isn't quite ready yet. And you talk about how short the funds are in corn, they're short in beans as well. In fact, the entire grain complex, you know, do they want to stay that short though, going into the planting season? It's unusual for them to be this short this time of year, isn't it? It is unusual for them to be this short this time of year. The previous two years in 2019 and 2020, when they were short this amount, they were short this amount, um, but it was more like late April or May. And then it took a spring weather scare or um, some kind of a weather issue to, for them to start to exit those short positions. So here they are short nearly that same amount from 2019 and 2020, but it's February. So that's a little bit odd. And the thing to remember is that when the funds get short this amount of contracts, they don't necessarily stay short for months and months and months. Maybe it's only three to four weeks at a time, and then something happens fundamentally to get them to start to exit those short positions. So we need the catalyst. We need a fundamental catalyst to get them to exit the short positions. But they are, again, at a historically short level. So it makes you wonder how much shorter could they go? How much shorter would they be willing to go when all the negative sentiment really does seem to be priced in overall? Yeah, I know. It's been really interesting to watch how short they have gone. Wheat market uh, mixed today, pretty quiet overall, but you know that market has been pretty sideways, hasn't it? Yeah, a good sideways trading for a good four months for the Chicago wheat contract and about a 50 cent trading pattern. You know, The only thing that I think of in the back of my mind is that historically, the more a market trades in a sideways pattern of consolidation, at some point, there's a big price breakout coming. And so with a four to five month sideways pattern, some piece of news is going to come along here to get wheat to move. Uh, things that we're watching, of course, we're still watching tensions in the Black Sea region. We are still watching to see what the weather is going to be around the world um, with Russia wheat, with U.S. wheat. We're you know still in winter. So if we get any sort of a cold weather snap, that might affect the wheat crop. That could be good for a short covering rally and keeping an eye on global demand as well. So 
Not a lot of, again, fresh news. The market continues to operate under the assumption that wheat is available anywhere in the world and things are good enough. We'll get by. Uh, but it is becoming a market that's uh, just, you know, it's, it's almost too quiet. Like we're waiting for something to happen to give it a, a good spur and get it to move. Cattle market, we ended mixed. So live cattle down, feeders higher. But live cattle, do you think we just saw a little profit taking? And were you kind of disappointed with what the cash trade was last week? Yeah, so cash trade last week for cattle, just fantastic, you know, really fantastic. So we would have thought maybe we would have seen some sort of a futures response today, but the response was muted. And I think part of that is because we know that the fundamentals are supportive. We've had a really lovely recovery rally here over the past month as cattle prices have gone higher. And now it almost feels like a lot of the friendly news for now potentially has been priced in. So as you know, bull markets need to be constantly fed. And so the fact that the market was not able to really rally today after having that higher cash news last week, and we even saw some better box beef values today, maybe the market is getting a little bit tired. Uh, when you look at daily chart indicators, stochastic lines are oversold. Um, I'm sorry, overbought. RSI levels are overbought. So the market is maybe indicating it's kind of getting tired out, even though the fundamentals are really friendly. Um, on the feeder cattle side of it, I've got clients in Missouri who said at the sale barn today, prices were still working higher for the feeder market. So the cash news is there, the cash demand is there, but the futures are just almost wanting to wait to see if maybe we have domestic demand coming, if there's international demand coming. So we'll see what export sales are this week um, and then look to see if there's any more friendly cash news this week. Otherwise, we might see a simple technical correction because we've been up so much. Um, the big underlying picture, though, remains supportive. But we, again, we're just kind of running out of that really, really consistent bullish news to keep that market running higher. Yeah. And even bull markets can't go straight up all the time. That's for sure. Very true. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us, Naomi Bloom with Total Farm Thank Marketing. You. That is Markets Now.